0: Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, welcome to my podcast. This is Joe Lynch with the Logistics of Logistics,
1: and today's topic is Gaining Favorable Attention. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Adam Robinson. Hi, Adam. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Very good. Very good. So, Adam, before we get into the topic, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What was your major?
2: Yeah, well, my background's interesting. I spent the first 12 years of my life in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Then my mom got a promotion and we moved to San Antonio at the age of 12 and spent you know high school there and then went off to college at the University of Texas at Austin wanted to at first be a latin teacher believe it or not and uh, so i majored in the classics and found out how much a latin teacher paid and well made a different decision and decided to get into business and marketing and government so uh, majored in government and in marketing and after the university of texas my first big job was actually managing my parents' smoothie kings while I was at college. And so I had to make those profitable in order to pay for college so I wouldn't have any debt after I graduated. So very smart move by my parents. And I think that taught me more about business than any business class at UT ever could or any marketing class. So real-world experience was definitely important. But really, after I graduated, my first job was a director of sales and marketing, believe it or not, with a startup and we were able to make that company pretty successful. We digitized their entire sales and marketing process, which got me into the digital bug, and that company sold. And then I went to go work for the newspaper industry, selling their online ads and teaching their salespeople how to translate the digital terms that you hear so commonplace now, things like search engine optimization and content marketing and social media. We saw a lot of success there working for the media giant Gannett, and saw an opportunity with some investors here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for a social media agency that we built up and eventually sold in 2012. And that's my background. And so right after that, you know, got the uh, the bug to go out on my own. And that's where I landed in in the summer of 2012 until I got into Saracis.
1: So, I skipped a question on my list as usual. So, today you are working at Ceresis. What's your role there? I'm the uh, marketing manager, head up the marketing department here. I think everybody who listens to my podcast works in logistics or supply chain. So, they probably all are on your email list. <laughs> Most likely, <laughs> your podcast. It's pretty big at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, Adam, that's a great background. And I, I keep thinking to myself, Latin teacher and then newspaper. I was thinking, wow, you've, you've been around. <laughs> but, um,
2: well, it's all about storytelling, right? The great classics are all great stories.
1: So here I am telling the story of a logistics company in the industry now. So full circle. Yep, Adam, I've known you. I don't know. I think ten years, and I don't think I knew you were a Longhorn. Always like that too. Yeah, yeah. Hook them horns. We're coming back to greatness, hopefully, here soon with Tom Herman. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. It's been it's been down for a bit, and I know yep. what that feels like. I'm a Wolverine, and so we we had our dark, our dark period. Um, so. I met Adam. I'm thinking ten years ago. I had started the logistics of logistics as a blog, and I always remember, you know, the seven or ten people who would read my articles <laughs> would, would occasionally get a like. But from Adam, it would always be this note saying, "This is great. This is great. I, I love this." And I would be like, "Well, who is this?" And, I, and at that time. I would look at your LinkedIn profile and go, God, who is this guy? And then the, I think the first time we talked was you had said, this is great. I'm going to write an article similar to this. And I thought, well, who is this dude? And so I think we ended up talking and we hit it off in the beginning. And Adam's always been so encouraging and so helpful in his advice to me when it comes to uh, my blog and anything else I've done in the marketing space. So thank you for that, Adam.
2: Yeah. Always so, a
1: fan, man. <laughs> your number one fan always. <laughs> Thank you so much. And so vice versa. So when and why did you join Ceresis?
2: Well, you know, I didn't really think about having another job. We had done a pretty good job at, you know, selling the social media agency. And of course, naturally, I think what happens is a few clients really didn't maybe fit the new owner's, you know, vision or model. So they were kind of, you know, left to their own devices and some of them were like, Hey, Adam, we really loved what you have been doing. Can you kind of modify and still help us? And I, I did that. I took a handful of clients and just kind of was going to do my own thing. And I was just kind of sitting around summer of 2012 and a headhunter from who represented Saracis kind of came my way and said, Hey, Adam, I think this is a, a really cool opportunity with a company that had, you know, been around since 1998, never done any formal marketing and really a blank slate. So, you know, I really didn't want a job, but I looked into it and I thought, well, you know, I can kind of do things my own way if I were to get the job. And I looked kind of at the digital landscape from all the other logistics service providers. And at the time, from a search engine optimization standpoint, I saw a lot of opportunity to make Saracys stand out. And I knew that, you know, search, no matter what age range, people were searching for answers to questions they might have or solutions for companies they're looking to hire. And so I kind of came in and presented Mr. Steve Ludvigson in an interview, one of the co-founders here at Ceresis, with a five-year strategy, vision, and execution plan. And I think I was the only one that he was hiring at the time who wasn't saying, let's do magazines, let's do traditional advertising. I was saying a lot of different things to make Ceresis stand out from the crowd. And he really loved that. And he you know bought off on it and said, hey you know, let's get you in in here and I'm going to believe in you and support you. And he's always done that along with the other owners, Steve Norrell and Robert Johnson. And because of their leadership and them supporting me fully and allowing that vision to sort of play out, that's, I think, why we've had our success here from a marketing standpoint.
1: Adam, that had to be one of their best hires ever, <laughs> one of their best decisions ever. So <laughs> today's topic is gaining favorable attention. And so as an old sales guy, you've been a sales guy. I'm a sales guy. I guess you're never not, you're never not a sales guy in the olden days when you would go to any sort of sales training, they would talk about getting on the phone and you have that 10 or 20 seconds to gain favorable attention. And you're supposed to say something a little provocative, something interesting, intriguing, you know, something that gets them to actually talk to you, to engage with you. So. That was the old days. And I kind of feel like that doesn't work. That First off, usually when you make a phone call today, you're talking to voicemail or you're blocked or whatever. Yeah, hard to get the attention of a voicemail, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've kind of, have, what I feel like people like you have done is you've moved favorable attention from a phone call where you got 10 or 20 seconds to do it to a whole digital world. So talk about that for a second.
2: Yeah, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Not having a tagline or being interesting or making someone think isn't important anymore. It absolutely is. But instead of the environment where, you know, you have to disrupt someone's day with a cold call or, you know, knocking on their door and, you know, going door to door or something like that. Today's sales process is really invisible and really starts with the marketing program. As you mentioned, I was really a sales guy first. You know, I used to sell newspaper ads. I know what that's like. I know what it's like as a salesperson, you know, to have to get someone to know who you are, to get on their radar. And so when they do have a need, they think of you first. Well, that doesn't necessarily need to happen only in the sales process now. So you need to make sure you look at the long term and the life cycle of what a customer is trying to do. And in the logistics and supply chain space, especially from a solution standpoint, There's a lot of opportunity within a single supply chain for a shipper to have problems. Therefore, when they have so many problems, you can create content and messaging that speaks to answering those problems. So that way, when they are on social media or they're in LinkedIn groups or they're searching for an answer, when they search that, your company comes up and answers that question. Now, it may not be a direct sales pitch to them at that moment. But if you construct your website and your blog post and your content in such a way, you can create different calls to action that either capture their email or maybe gets them to download this resource that answers that question. And they then get into your lead uh, program that you can then hand out and nurture over time. So you still got to you know, put your name out there. You still got to market. But you got to make sure that you're also nurturing them over time and helping them along the way in that invisible sales process. So that way, whenever we do hand out that lead and the salesperson calls, they don't have to get their attention. The marketing's already done that. Or even when they cold call someone, because you have answered so many different problems within the supply chain or the freight management process, that most likely they've seen you online somewhere before. And when the salesperson calls, they can have that great moment where they go, oh yeah, I've seen y'all stuff around. Tell me more about what you're doing. Or, you know, our salespeople are then trained
1: to kind of say, what are your problems? So we can continue to listen and help those folks. So when we're, you're trying to gain favorable attention with a prospect, name some of your favorite ways to gain that favorable attention today.
2: Yeah. You know, I think number one, our first mission here at Sarasus. Before I even started, I alluded to this earlier, you know, I saw that there was a great opportunity for us to rank pretty high in search engines that there weren't, you know, a lot of logistics company investing in things like content marketing or even basic technical search engine optimization, which is simply making sure your website as it exists today is in line with what the search engines want to see from a technical standpoint. And so, we saw an opportunity just simply with one initial goal. We're going to put a blog post out that search engine optimized and answers problems once per day. We're going to go about that planning process by looking at, okay, what are all of the potential problems that a shipper might have as it relates to Saras's solutions? But we didn't stop there, right? Because that's very self-serving. That's very saris centric. Really, the way we thought about next was what are a shipper's full problems? What are a supply chain executive's full problems? What's a CEO or a shareholder's problems as it relates to freight and transportation or the supply chain at large? And so we went about going in a categorical way saying, here's our solution lines. Here are shippers problems as it relates to surface mode transportation. Here are supply chain professionals problems. And we started developing content plans and blog posts that Matched and answered questions at every stage of that process. So that way, and all of them were search engine optimized. So that way, when people searched, they were going to find us online. But my advice to most marketers is, and you got to really pick up on what I said here, is that you need to start doing that from day one. What I'm not telling you is that's the only thing you should do. If you're a new company, who hasn't marketed before, or you're an old company who's never really marketed before, and that's what Saracis was, you might want to also think about a metaphor that I like to use. It's called your day job versus your retirement accounts, right? So when you're a new marketer out here or a new company for a logistics company, you can kind of think as advertising, which is an expense, as a way to pay your daily bills. It's kind of like a day job. You get out of college, you have a nine to five, that salary is going to pay for you know your rent, your gas, et cetera. But if you're smart at the age of 22 out of college, you're going to immediately start taking some of that towards your retirement accounts. Now, you know that obviously I've got to have this day job to pay the bills. And in a marketing perspective, you might advertise to get yourself some awareness to get people to your new content that you're developing. But if you have the patience to see it out in you know five to 10 years, those retirement accounts will start to have an exponential effect where you'll have enough cash volume in those accounts that is over and above your reliance on that nine to five job. And imagine a society that was less reliant upon their paycheck and had the confidence that they have a safety net behind them to sustain them no matter what happens. And that's exactly what happened at Saracis, right? We started out with a lot of advertising and pay-per-click advertising and publication advertising to support our brand awareness. But at the exact same time, We started putting out content to rank in search engines. And eventually at about year four, I no longer was dependent upon advertising to get my name out there. I had more control. I had more confidence no matter what happened in the market. Search engine algorithms don't, you know, cause you, if you don't do anything wrong, if you do good SEO practices, they don't cause your, you know, website Traffic to wane immediately, or your search rankings to wane immediately. And so, if, as long as you keep doing that search engine optimization stuff, i.e., putting towards your retirement account, you're going to have to, you're going to get to spend less on advertising, which your bosses are going to love. And the kinds of traffic and leads you're going to attract aren't going to be people who are looky lose, or I just want to check it out, where it's a disruption through advertising, but it's people who are searching for things you can answer and solutions that you can provide. That makes a much more relevant in-market lead. It makes you more effective at sales
1: and your ability to close. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, what, I agree with everything you said. I mean, you're, you're the master at this. One way I've always used this analogy, you've heard me say this, I'm sure, is if you need a sale today, you have to hunt for it. But if you plan on being in the business for a while, plant some seeds, become a farmer also. And again, that, you're going to have to nurture those that, those seeds. You're going to have to fertilize them. You're going to have to do some weeding. But at some point, there's a harvest, and it's kind of the same same thought process you just described there, which is it's not going to happen overnight, but when it does come, it's going to be a very sustainable harvest.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It takes patience, but that harvest is bountiful and plentiful, and can sustain if you if you keep at it. So it's
1: worth it. Yeah, Adam. Anybody who's in logistics, supply chain, transportation, warehousing has probably already seen an article from you or Steve or Elle. And I know you're gonna be a little embarrassed by this, but you are probably one of the best, if not the very best, marketers in this space. Could you tell us a little, without sharing anything proprietary, tell us a little bit about the success, especially your web presence and where the how the SEO engines view you and Seresis?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think, you know, it's always fun when I do get these media kits from publications and, you know, they're trying to sell us advertising and I kind of look at their reach and their website traffic. You know, and oftentimes the Saracis website on our own, we have substantially more traffic than some of these publications. You know, of course, there's some big giants in our industry that are billion dollar corporations like the C.H. Robinson, who also owns Freight Quote. You know, there's some publications out there like uh, Freight Waves, who has really taken off. But I think if you even ask their executives, it's through a lot of, you know, investment money, a lot of resources to make that happen and get your your website out there. And so if you have a couple million dollars to spend to do that, you're going to do really well. you know. And I think I pride myself here at Sarasis where our advertising budget is really minimal at this point. Between advertising and trade shows and all of that, it is not more than the salary of our marketing department, which is just two people. So we're a really lean shop. And what I'm trying to get across here is that you don't have to have millions of dollars to break through, to get you know, attention and hold that attention. And so if we look at where I started seven years ago, you know, I was employee 45, 40 to 45-ish, and we just hired our 120th employee. Our revenue has more than tripled in seven years. Our number one new revenue source and, you know, new leads all come from marketing. And when you look at a search perspective, when it comes to the market, I have an intelligence tool that tells me who of all of these websites in the industry, who has the greatest search market share when it comes to terms around less than truckload freight, which is primarily what Saracis is good at, and transportation management systems, which is what we provide. Now, C.H. Robinson and Freightquote take up about 65% of that, mainly because they're a public company and they naturally get mentioned more. And so they have natural strong SEO. And they've been getting pretty good at it too. I would like to believe that I have push them to get better at it because of what we are. And if you look at Saracis, who is minuscule in revenue compared to C.H. Robinson and Freight Quote, we take up about 20, 22% of that market share. And guess what all the other websites get to fight over? About 15 to 18%. So there's really just the big gorilla, 800 pound gorilla, C.H. and Freight Quote, Saracis, and then everybody else.
0: We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. Adam, years
1: ago, I'm thinking four or five years ago, you said to me, "Joe, you're the only you're the only logistics guy I know who knows SEO." And I thought, "What are you talking about?" I mean, clearly you know it, but I thought, "What are you talking about?" And then over the last four or five years, I, I found you. You've been absolutely right. It was an industry that just really underinvested in content marketing, websites, and and I think they hurt themselves because you, you, this isn't just for about getting, getting found online. This is about getting leads. Tell us a little bit about how many leads you're able to give your sales guys without you know, sharing anything proprietary. Sure.
2: You know, and this is, a, I think, another thing that I have a unique insight on, where a unique opinion as it is. Maybe a lot of marketers say, you know, I'm just going to generate as many content downloads as possible, bang them into the CRM, and say, good luck, salespeople. But as a salesperson myself, I know that there are a lot of leads that just waste my time. And so one of the things that we do at Sarasys is that, you know, we're doing all this content marketing. We're ranking high in search engines. You know, we're generating really smart leads. We have a lot of pre-qualifying questions in our lead form. All marketing best practices today will say you need less fields in the, in your form. So that way you can get as many leads as possible. And I don't disagree with that in some respects, but at the same time, Serasys can only serve currently surface mode shippers in North America. We really do well when we help shippers who ship less than truckload freight. That's 90% of our business. It's how we got started. You know, we still have the parcel capability to compare LTL and parcel. We have e-commerce solutions for LTL. We have reverse logistics. And, you know, I'll talk a little bit later about what's coming down the pipeline. But at the end of the day, we help shippers execute LTL more efficiently and we help them with any issues that might happen around LTL freight, like claims or accounting. And so I could easily just give, you know, open up the faucet and just give them all of the leads. But this could be people who Googled things like transportation and logistics. It could be a student at the University of Michigan or the University of Texas or a guy in India who the same term there, logistics, is the same term in the United States. Great. Right. So these are global terms. So you, I could hand all those out, but I'd be wasting my salespeople time. And it's important for me to hand out leads that are of the utmost quality. So I could probably hand out 15,000 contacts a year. But because I ask those questions, those qualifying questions, the user who fills that out, I think at this point in 2019, realizes if I answer this a certain kind of way, I'm going to get contacted. So I only want to hand out leads to my salespeople of folks who answer those questions that I can re-verify their contact information using a tool called Zoom Info, And that way our salespeople know, okay, I know what content they downloaded. I know their job title. I know their name. I know their contact information. I know the company revenue. And I know that they answered these specific questions. Did they ship in North America? Yes. Do they ship LTL? So it's very important that my salespeople have the highest quality leads. And that still yielded about 2,000 qualified leads in 2018, which were multiple billions of dollars of opportunity. And nobody's time was wasted. Now, you know, we're building out an inside sales team who can handle some of that other stuff, but we're not here to waste the salespeople's time.
1: Wow, so to just review that for just a second, you start with 15,000, which is kind of, you'll say, they downloaded something, they attended a webinar, somehow they reached out to you guys. Right. And then you you boil that down to just 2,000 leads that you hand off to your sales guys. And then you have the other 13,000. Those aren't thrown out, you're still looking at them. But those 2,000, I mean, that's 200 leads a month, almost, right? 180, Absolutely. whatever it yeah. is. That's incredible. Because what I say this all the time to people when I'm talking to them about developing a web presence, doing some of the things you guys have done. I always say the same thing. What if you had a list of a 1,000 people who had attended your webinar, downloaded a white paper, in some way reached out to you, in some way thought you were worth their time and effort? That's a really good place to start your sales process. That's a really great way. And I think you can have a little bit of swagger with that because you say, hey, Tom, I'm calling you because you attended my webinar two weeks ago. That's a really great way to start as opposed to you've never heard of me before, but I'm calling you about your freight.
2: Well, and I and I think it even gets better, Joe, because I ask them, what I'm able to capture in Salesforce from our lead, our web form to, to lead in Salesforce is their name, their job title, their email, their phone, all re-verified through Zoom info. And then I also know what piece of content they downloaded. So we get an indication of maybe what they're interested in, what their problem might be. I also get where they came to us from, whether it's search engines, LinkedIn, email marketing, I also know their weekly LTL and small package shipment volume. So we can kind of get a sense of how big is the shipper and what kind of problems they might have. If they're a wholesale distributor, maybe they have more inbound shipments that they need to pay attention to. If they're a furniture manufacturer and they downloaded a white paper on Final Mile, that's a great conversation to have as a salesperson. It gives you a reason to make the conversation as relevant and as you know aligned with what you're doing in your sales process as
1: possible. Yeah, that's, Adam, most people who uh, are in a sales sales team don't get to have any leads from marketing. I mean, I can say that pretty definitively because I talk to a lot of people. <laughs> most of them don't. And a lot of times you'll hear the sales team say something like, yeah, we have a marketing team, but they don't support us. And you guys do. <laughs> you guys are the masters at it. So I want to just shift gears a little bit here for a second. So we've talked a lot about marketing and gaining favorable attention and all super important stuff if you're going to grow your business. But one of the things that we talked a little bit about offline, and I think it's super important, is this idea that you guys use a lot of content marketing, which means this is not an advertisement saying click here. This isn't clickbait. This is something where you have to show some real expertise. And I think what you guys have done really well is your marketing team is very well aligned to your sales team and your operations team, somehow, some way, you guys are able to get your operational expertise from that's, the ops guys into your content. Talk a little bit about that alignment from marketing sales to ops.
2: Yeah, I'm not here to say that it's necessarily easy. But just like anything in business, if you have a, a strategy and a vision and the ability to have, you know, tasks to execute upon that vision and strategy, and you kind of state to people within the organization, here's what we're trying to achieve, and it happens, right? And so early on, I talked about how we went about content planning and the categorical approach. The way that I've built our messaging, our content, our website, it started first with interviewing every single employee in the company and getting their perspective. I'm not talking about just managers or leadership. I'm talking about frontline people who are having the real world conversations with shippers. Whether it be in prospecting from a sales approach or with, you know, one of our freight desk agents who are helping, you know, move inbound freight with the vendors of our customers and really asking them, what are the shippers saying and kind of understanding those real world problems? And I think naturally that kind of psychologically puts the organization, you know, on the same page and says, look, I'm just trying to effectively tell the story of what this company handles every single day. Of what shippers have to deal with every single day. And when you can lead with that value, you know, the old adage of everybody loves to buy, but no one likes to be sold to. And if you can be there whenever somebody has a problem and you can say that in the marketing, here's how I solve, you know, missed freight pickups and then a salesperson has, you know, maybe say there's a lead generated from a piece of content around that. And then a salesperson says, oh, I saw that you downloaded our white paper around inbound freight and that missed freight pickups in our initial conversation was something that you continually have issues with. That's really great. Here's our shipper blueprint of solutions to help you with that. And let's say that person signs up and becomes a Saracys customer. Guess what? When they get to implementation, all of those notes are taken over to the implementation team and that shipper blueprint, or what some might call a scope of work, is then you know with the implementation team, who then hands that off to the customer service, and if needed, the freight desk team to actually service that customer. And so there's extreme alignment from the way we market a consultative solutions environment to the way we sell, hearing what your problems are in your total supply chain, and aligning our solutions, and then capturing all of that and giving it to the operations. We're delivering on a brand promise that you're experiencing what you expected from the first moment you searched maybe solving missed freight pickups and you came upon this piece of content. Kind of like an iPhone, right? In that iPhone success, Steve Jobs came out and he says, it's going to work this way. And when you went to the store and bought it and used it, it did exactly what Steve Jobs said. That's the best marketing on earth where it's no spin. It just works.
1: Yeah. Adam, what you said about interviewing everybody at Cerasis when you got there. So you were employee 45. So you met with 44 other people, asked them about their jobs, about what was right, what was wrong, what they wanted done differently. I'm assuming you took, spent a lot of time with the sales guys, understanding that they're probably not getting any leads from marketing, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that. And, you know, I don't I don't I didn't just do that once. Right. I do that every year. Because things change. And, you know, one of the beautiful things is because of that alignment, as I'm out there, you know, doing some old school market research, you know, day in and day out, using social media to kind of get to know all of the players in the supply chain, kind of understanding what's coming down the pipeline, networking with potential partners at trade shows, or even having them on as our own podcast guests on the Freight Project podcast. You know, I'm out there on the front lines, the salespeople are out there on the front lines hearing the actual conversations from prospects or our current customers. Our operations are hearing that. And guess what we get the advantage of? We can take all of that market research and real-world conversations of problems that we may not have solutions for and say, hey, development team. You know, e-commerce is becoming increasingly important in the marketplace for manufacturers who need to ship e-commerce with bigger freight, not just parcel. And so we built an e-commerce solution. Oh, guess what? They need to have a reverse logistics solution just like the parcel guys do for LTL Freight. So we built that. Oh, wait a minute. We now need to make sure that our vendors are easily able to log in on their own in the same system to where our customers able to capture all their inbound. Let's build out the vendor module so that our vendors have a great experience, etc. So we're able to really listen to the marketplace and be on the same page and present solutions that aren't just things that we you know come up with in a lab and say, voila but that actually are solving real-world shipper
1: issues. That's great alignment as a company. So you at uh, one time met with all 44 people in the company. Now that Cerus has grown, you still speak with all those employees about what's going on?
2: <laughs> I wish I could. Now that I cannot continue to see every single person, but I try. Probably about, still about 50% to 60%.
1: Well, what you've done here, you mentioned the, the the word alignment, and I think that's fantastic. And there's a two-way conversation between operations and you. So you hear in the market, we need to start moving towards e-commerce. Ops does it. Ops tells you, hey, we've got a new solution for this. Let's get the marketing team involved. What you've done with that alignment is you've integrated marketing probably to its rightful place. Because so so often, Adam, and you know this from your experience, Marketing feels like a bolt-on, it, you know. It's it's almost a fluff piece where it says, "Hey, we do good things. Hit, click our advertising." They don't have the budget, they don't have the alignment, and maybe the support from senior management that they need to be successful. And maybe they don't have a guy like you at the at, with a vision. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not just trying to be nice there. I think it's a super important piece, though. So.
2: Well, you know, and I think Joe, we haven't been scared to put ourselves out there, right? Here's the deal. Everybody's going to have an opinion. Everybody's going to love or not like your content. Or they're going to say, hey, I think this is missing a comma. And maybe they're wrong. And you're right. But it doesn't matter, right? You got to get yourself out there. You can't show up in search engines or you know use content as a sales tool to nurture someone over time if you don't have content. And I have to tell a lot of companies out there who are maybe hesitant because they're afraid that they may not look perfect. Here's the deal. You didn't start out walking. You didn't start out talking. You fumbled until you got it. We all get better by doing. And as long as you have that vision and strategy to kind of support you while you get better at the doing, it'll catch itself up. I just, I don't necessarily want anyone to do this, but if you look back at Talking Freight episode one versus the one we just published, it's night and day in quality. And that's our video side. And it took us a while, you know, to get better at it, but. It's because we didn't want to spend a lot of money towards something until we knew that we could create a voice or traction with it. And then we invested some dollars in better equipment and better editing, and we got better at it. But we weren't scared to put out sort of an imperfect video. And guess what? That silly little video that doesn't look great and maybe makes me cringe now because I know we're better than that at this point, it's still the number one video that gets the most searches and the most views. So you live with it, and it's doing its job. And if people look at it and say, that's a real company trying to do real things, they don't feel slicked or glossed over. And when they come to our website and they follow us along, they see that we really do care about all of their problems. And guess what? They end up falling in love with us. And it didn't start with us being perfect. It started with us being real.
1: Yeah. you know, Way back when I started my website, it was a blog. And I had Ann Holm, my executive coach then, and Matt Collins, my web guy, saying, okay, you've got a website. Now you have to create An article, so so I procrastinate, procrastinate, because I kept thinking I'm gonna publish something, and the whole weight of the logistics world is gonna slam down on me and say, This is horrible. You're stupid, you're not allowed in the business anymore. I don't know. I just had this in my head that somebody cared what I put out there. So after much pressure and bitching by my good friends, I finally wrote an article. And the article was my five favorite freight quotes, and it was quotations. So there was something by George Patton, and there was these quotes that I liked by famous people about logistics. To this day, that is one of my most, I get found for that more than anything. And I think it's because it's freight quote, but it's a silly thing. But I I kept thinking to myself, now in retrospect, nobody gives a damn. Get the content out there. If you got something to share, share it. And it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect.
2: No, it never will be. And it's always, you know, that's what makes it fun, right? Just keep at it, have fun with it. I know I've fallen in love with the supply chain space. I can't believe that I get to tell the story of this company and the industry
1: and somebody pays me for it. What a job, right? I love it. (laughs) Exactly. So, Adam, let's talk a little bit about the buying process. We've talked a lot about the sales process, talked about the marketing that we do. Talk about the buying process and how that looks.
2: Yeah, well, I think with anything, right? Whether it's me wanting to get quotes for lawn service providers, or it's a shipper looking for a new logistics service provider, that process is definitely going to start online. And, you know, you're gonna search for solutions, or you're in a current agreement. Maybe I have a current lawn provider, I have a current logistics service provider, and I'm just on LinkedIn or Facebook, and I come across a piece of content that's thought provoking. And it's interesting. And maybe I don't do anything then, right? But I become aware of this great content from this company. Let's say it's Sarasys, right? And you know, two months later, I search for something and I find a white paper and I download it. And Sarasys has captured my information. Well, now I'm on, and I've agreed to be on their email marketing list. Well, now I'm receiving more of their content. And wow, it really speaks to my problems as a shipper. All of this seems to be congruent and matches up. And this could be eight months later, right? Let's say eight months later, they download our latest LTL white paper and they, you know, say, yes, I ship. Yes. In North America, I ship LTL and I ship 50 shipments of LTL per week. Well, that gets captured in our sales force. But at that point, by the time that gets handed out, they've really, you know, thought of Saracis as a great provider of information, as someone I can trust. They're a thought leader. I want to hang out with thought leaders. I want someone who's talking about my problems, not talking about themselves. They're also providing good information on how to solve those. And so when that salesperson calls up, I'm pretty sure that the buying process and the way they think about Ceresis or a company is much more favorable than maybe other competitors who are just cold calling them, right? And I'm sure they're getting cold called in this environment. And so when that salesperson calls them up, finally, they might be already having an opinion about Ceresis. and that salesperson is able to have an extended conversation a discovery call to continue to uncover more problems and say, here's more solutions to that. They happen to be the solutions that we offer and we're able to then help them out. So the buying process really starts online. And so if I think any company, B2B or B2C, or especially in the supply chain space is thinking about investing and you're not online and you're not being found in search engines and you don't have great content, you're probably missing out on the ability for your sales team to be as effective as possible.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said there. And I think with knowing that the buying process begins online, if you're not there and your comp- competition is, you are at a big disadvantage. And, you know, unfortunately for most everybody else in the uh, logistics space, you don't have a lot of room because after Robinson, Great waves and services—we're all fighting over some limited real estate. <laughs> Absolutely, you know we'll, we'll
2: continue to do what we do. So we welcome competitors in the space. It makes us all better. Makes me stay on top of my game. I do appreciate that. So I encourage even my competitors to make sure they do invest in content marketing. It will make your sales process a lot more efficient
1: yeah I don't think we've ever really competed except for online but you've been extremely generous with your advice for me over time so I really do appreciate that so what you say you're not it's not just voicing it's the truth so Adam this has been wonderful I really do appreciate you taking the time to share what you know and you know so much about this space if you want a kind of a primer on how to make it work with the marketing online watch what adam's doing so to end this call what What's new at Cerasis? Tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to these days.
2: Yeah. Yeah, as I talked about earlier, you know, our organization is really aligned from marketing, sales, and operations, you know, and then there's that other wing, right, of technology, our development team. And so, one of the biggest moves that we've seen in the surface mode area, especially with LTL freight shippers, but also parcel shippers, is, you know, manufacturers going straight to consumers right into their homes. And so that means we are now working on, in this next year, a really great solution for Final Mile and White Glove. So that way, within our transportation management system, you know you have those carrier options that can handle that service that you need. And all the data is captured, and it's right alongside your other freight moves, your parcel moves, any truckload. And now you have that capability to match your e-commerce freight with seamless technology to make sure that the customer who buys it from you online, maybe they're buying that couch, that big bulky couch, they have confidence that they're going to have an Amazon-like experience. And so we want to bring that Amazon-like experience of consumer experience to our customers. And that's why for the next year, we're focusing on a final mile and white glove solution, hopefully to be released by
1: sometime the end of this, this year, third quarter or fourth quarter. Well, God knows the market's clamoring for it. So good luck with that. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. And thanks, everybody who's listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support.
0: You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email joe lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com.